This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Most Valuable Sports Podcast. My name is Brandon Worth, and joined, as always, by Joe Nagy. What's happening, Joe? Not too much. I say it all the time. It's freezing outside. Like, my hands are so cold. Yeah, it's like negative two wind chill feel yeah. temperature right now. I was right pulling now. out my phone when I was putting music on, like when I was walking from my car to the building, and my hands, like, I pulled out for like two, three seconds, and my hands were already, like, I couldn't even, like, tap the screen because it was so cold. Struggle is real. You know, when you charge your phone and it's almost dead, but the car's so cold that it won't register the, the battery level going yeah. up until it's like in 80 degree temperature inside. And then it'll like shoot up <laughs> yeah, like for to like, like one to tw- 70 or like 70% or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it's very cold. And as much as Joe likes hockey and I like snowboarding, I would like to go back to summer fishing and golfing because that sounds yeah, really I would, fun right now. I would now. love to just be able to go early morning fishing when it's 60 degrees out and just be able to chill out in shorts and a t-shirt. But Yeah. Reminisce. It won't once be here. But that's not what you guys are here to talk about. You're here to hear some sports, so we will get you right into it. We got a lot on the plate today. Ferris State Athletics coming up this weekend, including a hockey game last night that will be much well worth discussing. Um, some Big Ten basketball, maybe some NBA if we have time. But first, we have an exclusive interview. Joe, who is it with? We got Mallory McCartney, a basketball player from Ferris State. It was a really good conversation to have with her, and we really appreciate her taking time uh, to be on the show out of her busy schedule. So without further ado, let's swing it on over to the interview. Now we are joined in the interview section by sophomore guard Mallory McCartney. Mallory, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So Mallory, I guess to start off the interview, I mean, especially uh, this year, it's a little bit different. We're talking about off the show. I mean, it's a season that doesn't count, but it does count. It's a little bit of a difference. Um, Can you tell us what it was like over the summertime? I mean, you had the extended break with quarantine. What was it like trying to get shots in, get a workout and stuff like that? Yeah, summer was one of the most difficult summers yet for the fact of all the gyms closing down. And usually in the summer, we get to be up here working camps and really building team chemistry on the court, playing Mm -hmm. a lot of open gyms. And so with not being able to do that with COVID, it was it made me have to work harder. You had to work hard to find a gym, but um, where I'm from, there's a lot of great resources and great people who help me find a gym. So getting chats up was never really an issue, but more trying to play a game was the hard issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, you're from Saginaw. Um, you, I believe, went to Heritage High School, if I remember correctly, and um, you were your standout there, obviously, leading you to this level. What was the, the moment of time where you were really focused in on, I'm going to play basketball at the next level? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I knew all, since I was young and growing up playing many sports, I knew I wanted to play sports in college. I just never really knew what one. Mm-hmm. And right when I got into high school, I kind of realized I was best at basketball out of all of them. So probably when I was a freshman in high school, I really know, like, found the love for the game and knew that I wanted to go to the next level. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and over the weekend, it was the Anchorbone Classic, probably one of the biggest rivalries in all of D2 college sports. So you traveled to Allendale. What's it like for, I mean, Ferris State basketball on a travel day? Um, the typical day, it's you wake up and maybe have a, some film or a shoot around. You eat breakfast, you get on the bus, and you head out. With COVID this year, it's a little different. You're not allowed to have shoot arounds, and you can't get on the court early. So it's it's a totally different year and different dynamic. But it was a fun weekend, and traveling on I mean bus rides with your team are always just a blast. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned. Um like with years past obviously with teams from the last couple of years that have been a little bit more successful what's been the the real change in dynamic obviously new coach um a lot of freshmen coming in a lot of seniors leaving what's been the what's been a difference that you've seen with this year's team compared to previous teams from the years past we're we're still just trying to find ourselves we have so much young and amazing talent and so much potential and now it just comes in winning games now we have to finish games um Usually this year we have a trend of getting behind in the beginning and fighting our way back. So we have so much fight in this team. Now it's just we have to raise the level of intensity and be consistent in everything we do. Yeah, and um, obviously last weekend you played on a Sunday. It was a little bit switched up. You were kind of mentioning earlier off the show how Grand Valley, uh, when they're at home, they play on a Saturday-Sunday schedule. What was it really like kind of switching up maybe like your uh, pregame routines, kind of stuff like that, especially playing on Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday? 
Yeah, it was a little different. Um, even just practicing, normally we only get four days of practice, and this week we got five. So in that aspect, it was really nice. But it it doesn't change so much the day of the game. But after how you take care of your body, it changes because you can't sleep in the next day. You gotta. We're still students. You gotta go to class and get all your workouts in the next day. So. It, it was different for more after the game and taking care of your body rather than before the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, we had Kate in on the show last week, and she mentioned your name and how you guys have gelled really well together in the backcourt for um, our Bulldogs. And we were wondering about your side, how you feel playing with somebody like Kaden, who a freshman, being in this role, and how you guys well are well work so well together. Yeah, I love playing with Kaden. She actually she lives about 10, 15 minutes from me, so she oh, lives really? in nice. Freeland. And I even before she committed, I remember we would be playing open gyms together at a local gym and getting to know each other. So her coming to Ferris was the luckiest thing for me, and I am thrilled to play with her. She's a great player, and we kind of just have a sense of where each other are on the court. So even when you don't really know if anything's going right, you know that we can run a little action together and get a bucket at any time. Um, and then another question that I just had is that um, with last semester and this semester, it's kind of a different thing, especially with you know Zoom classes and stuff like that. What's it been now if you do have any in-person classes kind of balancing um, now like the different class schedule, now a different uh, just game day, different practice schedule as well? Just what's kind of been the toughest part of adjusting to that? Um, the toughest part is definitely just having Zooms and trying to stay focused, I would say. I'm a big in-class person, and I like going to class and taking notes, so only having one out of five classes being in person, uh, you really have to apply yourself more. Time management is a huge thing, um, but it's actually, it actually makes it a little easier with practices for the fact you're not rushing over from a class because most Zooms you can just do on your phone, and mm-hmm. you're at the gym listening to it. So, I mean, it's nice in that aspect, but definitely very different from a whole focus standpoint yeah i'm right with you i'm in person and being online it's not not my cup of tea for sure but um (laughs) last question to wrap it up we always it's the it's really the home run question we always ask it can be as in-depth and detailed as you want but um what does it mean to be a ferris state bulldog oh that's a great question and um each year i learn new things about being a ferris state bulldog but it means everything to me and just to give examples it's it just means always having a family no matter where you go even back home in Saginaw I remember I was working if I was volunteering for something and had a Ferris State shirt on and some a person I did never met did not know came up to me and was oh you're gonna you're going to Ferris like welcome to the family and just having the whole family aspect of it and the atmosphere it's something that's irreplaceable and we just want to thank you so much for coming on. It was a great conversation to have with you and to take time out of your busy schedule. We just really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks again to Mallory for taking time to talk with us. And we hope you guys enjoyed that interview. And if there's an athlete out there you think we should have on the show, let us know. How do you do that? Follow us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at the MBSP, and let us know who we should have on the show next. But with Mallory being in women's hoops, it's only proper. We go right to women's basketball. Um, This weekend, taking on Saginaw Valley State. And even though didn't have the best of luck against Anchorbone, you could say that this is going to be, I would say, a really nice way to come back after a bounce-back game. Yes. We play Saginaw Valley, who has not had the greatest of seasons so far. They're 4-7 and seven, um, in, the, in their last in the South standings. So it's promising. We could get some wins back, and I think that's definitely a possibility, and I hope we can do that. Yeah, I think we're pretty evenly matched, too. I mean, we have basically the same record, uh, and they're, Saginaw Valley is kind of struggling. I, f- I forget who they played last weekend. I think they played, um, if I can look it up here a second, um, they played Michigan Tech last uh, yesterday. Yeah, so like is, Michigan Tech is like number one in the yep. GLIAC right now. But, I mean, they lost in double overtime. So, like, they definitely put on. So, they're definitely going to be coming out uh, with a chip on their shoulder, wanting to get a win here. But, I mean, so does Ferris. I mean, we just lost in the anchor bone. It's a, that's a tough pill to swallow when we lose in that. So, um, I'm definitely looking forward to a very hard-fought, pretty solid game between the two teams. But, um, Brandon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, Saginaw's definitely um, not as explosive of an offensive scoring team. I th- they're actually, I believe, second they're second to last in points scored, but defensively they're they're not awful either. So, like they they're def- it's definitely going to be a game where 
Um, both defense. I think it's going to be coming down to really like how our defense plays um, because I mean we can score points. We've shown that, and our offense can put up numbers. I mean, this is the funny thing that I found looking at the standings, comparing us against Michigan Tech, uh, who's leading the North Division right now. We've only scored two less points the entire season combined that Michigan Tech has in 11 games. Mm-hmm. But Mich- or Michigan Tech's only allowed 575, and we've allowed 781. That's that's the difference between 10-1 and one and 3-8. and eight. So how our defense can respond is going to be key. Obviously, Saginaw's not going to necessarily be the, the most offensive team, but if we can shut them down, get our usual um, point volume, Mallory, Caden can get in the score sheet. If we can have some great production from Deshaun Day and um, other players like Ariel Jenkins and um, um, Sam as well, like we can, we have a good chance. Mm-hmm. Like we have a really good chance. This is a great, this is a great bounce back game. The schedule, it all works out for a reason. This is definitely a game we can get, and we really hope that. We, we just we just need to get on a momentum streak, especially that we're we're yeah. winding down. Especially, like, yeah, closing down with the end of this end of the year coming up, getting on a hot streak right now is going to be the best thing for us. Yeah, we only have two or I'm sorry, four double headers left in there. We got Saginaw, uh, we got Purdue and Wayne, and then we also have a the Lake State game sprinkled in there as well. Who yeah, we tra- a travel part. Who we beat last time? I mean, yep. I mean what they're one eleven. I think they're last in the conference right now, mm-hmm. which is. It's a very winnable last stretch of games that I think is going to be able to really propel us into a good spot for the GLIAC, uh, GLIAC tournament. But, I mean, if they want to get the dub, they're definitely going to have to watch out for Saginaw Valley. I mean, their center, that she does have a very solid uh, presence in the paint. Kendall Spires against Michigan Tech, she had 11 points. I think mm-hmm. it was four rebounds or something. And, I mean, that's one thing that we've been lacking kind of this year is a very tough presence down in the paint. And kind of dictating that is going to be one of the biggest things. And also, I mean, they have, I think it's four guards that are walk, uh, walking out on the floor for Saginaw. I think they have uh, Maddie Berry and Caitlin Zaricki who last game they both scored double digits um, and I think once they've shut them down too it's going to be tough but like you said if Caden and Mallory can kind of get that connection going and start sprinkling in buckets and start kind of spreading out the floor I don't think it's going to be too big of a too big of a challenge for us to get the win there but nonetheless kind of making sure that we dictate what's going down low is definitely going to be a big thing yeah I think that's once we and I know um Coach Kurt mentioned this a while back ago. Like during the, throughout the season, the goal is to get more um, post presence, get Ariel Jenkins, Mano Unabaga, some more touches inside, and really develop that. Because if we can develop that, and then we have the ability to shoot from the outside, like that's going to open up so much more things. Like we we've been a little bit um, perimeter heavy is the phrase he used, and I think that's fair. That we've we've really relied on our offense coming from the outside, not the inside, and that's something that. Um, previous teams when we had Riley Blair definitely had both dimensions and that made us just such more of a deadly team but it's going to take time I mean we got a very young team and we can develop that over time for sure but they're going to be at home Friday Saturday at five o'clock and four o'clock while the men will travel over to Saginaw to take on the Cardinals at five o'clock and three o'clock why they're different? I still don't understand why the time changes. I'm just not. I mean, we're playing at the same time. I mean, we're playing not at the same place. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I guess it's probably for fans. Like, if they want to watch like the uh, like the recaps or like the videos or whatever. So, like, they want to watch like the live stream of women's and then men's. But like, yeah, it's just weird to me. Like, I I can understand like if a game's like five o'clock on a Friday and then three o'clock on a Saturday. I get it because you want to get back. But it's kind of weird that like. The women play at 5 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Or I'm sorry, the men do. And then the women play at 5 o'clock and 4 o'clock. Kind of weird how those don't necessarily match up. But that that must be there must be a purpose behind that. There must I, be some scheduling issue or yeah. whatever that is going on over at yeah. Saginaw. There, there's a rhyme for a reason. They're just not putting random times. But we do. T- the men are going to take on Saginaw. Uh, very, very promising as well. Just kind of like the women's. A good opportunity for a bounce back game. Saginaw struggled this year. They've had struggles, struggles scoring the basketball. Yeah, they're one and what is it, two and nine right now. Yep, they're two and nine. But the funny thing is, we actually have the same number of points scored as Saginaw. So uh, our, because I mean, our offense is great. Like we we can light it up some nights, but the consistency is the question. Like there's nights where Walt drops thirty nine points, and then he comes back and drops. 11 15 points maybe like there's there's just those nights sometimes where we're our volumes a little bit inconsistent which isn't a terrible thing but that's just going to show on the stat sheet that we have a, a little bit less scoring like lake superior state 
is one game behind us in the north, but they have over 140 more points. But mm-hmm. just their their defense is just that. Like our defense is definitely one of the better ones in the conference. I mean, we've only allowed 731 points. That's better than Northern, who's ahead of us, and that that's better than a lot of the other teams in the GLIAC. So there's definitely opportunity. I mean, we if we can get we can get the job done. That would be huge because, I mean, we've had the sweep against the the top team in the north in Michigan Tech. We got the sweep there at Tech. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. And then we come back, had a rough game on Saturday to prevent the sweep against GV and Anchorbone. And now we have a good game where we can get back on track and have the possibility for a sweep against Saginaw because it's completely possible. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, I mean, we've actually started to figure out what, uh, how to not have like that pattern of loss win and stuff like that. I mean, like you said, we lost in the anchor bone, but that was just kind of an off day. You can't really do much about that. The scoring wasn't really going for us, and the ball wasn't just kind of falling our way. But second is going to be definitely a solid start uh, to a to a, to a late season push, especially with. I mean, it's the same thing as the girls right now. We're playing Lake State next, then Purdue Northwest, then Wayne State. So, and then to propel us into the GLIAC tournament. This, I think it's just a recipe for success because Saginaw Valley State, if you remember last year, I think it was pretty close in the game, but I don't think it was super close. I can't remember the exact score, but I know we won by, I think it was 10 or 12 points, but like they still proved to be pretty difficult kind of middle of the game. And I mean, they oh, got to yeah, watch no out. No kick walk, no kick walk. Yeah, they got to watch out for a couple guys. I, I'm I'm, for, I'm forgetting their names, but I think they have two guards who average, it's like 15 points a game. They usually get in the double digits, sometimes 20. So if they can shut those guys down, it's not going to be too terrible. And I think that'll be making their, their, their walk a little bit easier. But nonetheless, just got to come in here with a chip on, their sho- on our shoulders, uh, especially losing to Grand Valley, uh, which kind of leaves a sour taste in our mouth. So if we can come in here, really do get the job done, collect the hardware, get out of there, uh, I think that's when uh, we're going to find uh, is going to be our recipe for success. Yeah, I think we, we have the opportunity to definitely take this game, like no question about it. We definitely, I there is a pattern that we, we've seen that when we shoot, we shoot the three ball well, we have more success. And I think Michigan Tech was a little bit of an exception just because our defense was flat out and are very good Incredible. in that game. Like we, we've shut them down pretty well. But I mean, like there's been games where we, like we went up against Northern, we shot 47% in a 67-45 win. Like when we have, and then we had the Grand Valley game, we shot 38%, we ended up winning by three. Like those, being able to shoot the three ball is something that our teams have been able to really capitalize in. You can also throw in the Parkside game when we shot nearly 50% when we scored 87. Like we've had opportunities to throw up big numbers on teams and use our defense to really pull away. But it just seems like sometimes when we're not hitting, it's really hard to get that momentum back. But if we can have that momentum and hold on to it, we, we can be competitive with anybody in the GLIAC. And I'm sure that's definitely a visible thing throughout the conference when we split with, or not split, when we swept with Tech and then split with GV. Like being able to do that mm-hmm. really kind of says, hey, okay, we're we're not in the middle middle of the road like like we are as far as conference standings. Like we can beat good teams. And I mean, we've beat we've beat Parkside who's ahead of us and like Northern's just ah uh, tough tough Northern just has our number sometimes. It's just kind mm-hmm. of a weird. But I mean, we've split with Northern, Parkside, we beat Tech and those are the three teams ahead of us in the standings. Like we can beat the top caliber teams. It's just we mm-hmm. got to find find a way to do it. Game 1 and because once we go to tournament time, there's not going to be a game two. It's either win or go home. Yeah, I mean, we saw that last year when we lost to Northern in first round. We were the favorites to come out of that uh, as number one and win the Gleeck yeah, tourney. The but thing. then, I mean, you can definitely tell that it's gonna, uh, stuff can change. And I think if, if we come in with uh, just kind of getting the job done the right time the, or the first time the right time, I think that's going to really prove well for us. But a couple games from around the Gleeck that we're going to have to look out for this weekend. Both men and women's have the same schedule. So uh, basically, I mean, that's about it. Northern Michigan is going to take on Grand Valley State. That's going to be a good game um, on the men's side and women's side. Uh, Wayne State is going to take on Parkside. Michigan Tech is going to go against Davenport. So definitely look out for those games on uh, men's side and women's side as well. Uh, Ferris State, like we said, is taking on Saginaw Valley. Lake Superior State looking for the first win uh, or one of the a couple first wins um or sorry is it second win for men's yeah second win against north second win against northwood this weekend and then ashland is taking on purdue northwest be, that would be women's yeah women's yeah lake state is one in ten on the women's side yeah 
So they're they're looking to get some momentum back, or yeah. they're they're going to miss out on tournament time. But it, it'll be fun. I mean, you think about like the implications, like. A lot of these games, like I think you brought up Davenport against uh, Tech, right? Yeah. Like Davenport's on the outside looking in on the men's side, and they're only two games out of Northwood and Grand Valley in the south. Like they have, like for men's side, they have an opportunity to sneak in there, but they got to beat the best of the best, and which has been done. Yeah, that that's us, baby. We did mm-hmm. that. So there, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially now that we've got season winding down. It's going to make for a fun front ending. It's going to be it's going to be cool to see who comes out on top, especially who peaks at the right time. Because March Madness is a beautiful thing when you're hot. Yeah, definitely. But moving on now into hockey, we had hockey last night. Um, technically on Tuesday the ninth, if you're listening on a different day. Um, brutal, just brutal. We we had a. We had the opportunities. We really did. We we had opportunities. I mean, it it was tough. Like we we had we had plenty of shots on net. We had we had more power plays. We had it. It was tough. It really was. And this was a game that we could have won, but it just seemed like we could not find the net. We just it, it was it was tough. Like we we ended up trailing two. We were trailing two zip. Um, at the beginning of the third, or at that near the end of the third, like it was one, it was one, one zero for forever. The longest like, time, like it was, I believe, seven minutes in that Tech had their first goal, and no goals since until I think it was like seven minutes left in the in the third period when Tech got their second. And then Jake Transit lit the lamp with eight seconds left on a rebound, which was clutch to give us at least a chance, but. I mean, eight seconds is hard to hard, yeah, you hard really, to come you by. Really to get can't off. set up anything, especially off the faceoff. You're gonna have oh, yeah. to get a breakaway or something, and just hopefully that you can get a solid shot on net when you basically yeah. have every single person on the Michigan Tech defense just cramming on you and trying to collapse on you. And I mean, it sucks because I mean we led seventeen what was it seventeen to twelve with the shots. Uh, in the game, yeah, we ended up having it thirty to twenty three final. It was That's seventeen like one of the to first, twelve. It's one of the first, first times periods. that we've like actually had a solid amount of shots on goal and i mm-hmm. think logan stein got the start right yep logan got yeah, the start. yeah he was i feel like he's finally like this is one of the games where he's actually started to look comfortable in net and he's actually started to kind of play very well yeah he, he definitely had a better night he was 21 of 23 on saves um played 58 minutes the, obviously the last two we went open net because it was all or nothing but i mean it's like it's t- this is a tough one because Tech's a great hockey club. They're they're fantastic. I mean, you look at the national rankings for Division One. They're on. They're just on the outside looking in. Like there's, they rank top twenty. They're twenty one. They're only like seven points behind mm-hmm. UConn for twenty. Like they're one of the best teams in the country. And the fact is, we just, we yeah. just, could, we were, we had the opportunities. We just could not capitalize. And I don't know necessarily what. I don't know what we need to change. Like it's it's really hard. Like we've had we've had opportunities on offense. We just haven't gotten them through. I mean, you got to give credit to uh, Blake Patilla who started on Tech side. He had 29 saves out of 30. That's a heck of, that's a heck of a game right there. And and I think that's his ninth win win in net this season. Like he he did a great job. And you got to give credit to Tech for even though they, they they took those amount of shots and sometimes uh quant obviously like in this game it's a big big statement that quality is better than quantity you can have more shots but if you don't have great shots you're still not going to get the job yeah, done it's not gonna it's not gonna do any difference yeah so it's it's a tough one it's a tough pill to swallow but i mean we had we've had we had the opportunity and we played with them and we only lost by one goal and that that's something that you can take up out of a positive that's really been the narrative trying to take positives and there have been positives i mean there's a lot of negatives everyone can look at but there are some positives there and even even more positive we have them this weekend in a doubleheader on Friday, Saturday, or is this Friday, Saturday? Yeah, yeah. And we, we have, have a chance to win the McInnes Trophy too. I yeah, think. like I've, we have a shot. Yeah, we have definitely a solid shot to pick up our first two wins of the year. I hope, hopefully, we can play solid. There is games that we've been playing solid all year. I think we've, I mean, we say it all the time. We've, we're, we're basically have, I think, what is it, six or seven games that we've lost by one goal, and it's, it's just a situation where we're playing well in a lot of games. It's just we can't somehow get the finish but um nonetheless i mean michigan tech like solid team like you said i think what they're on the outside looking in but i mean wcha as a whole we have a pretty solid amount of teams in in the the, in the top 20 i think minnesota state's number three 
Bowling Green is in there. Yep. Bemidji State is in there, and then Northern or Michigan Tech's like just on the cusp mm-hmm. of getting and, it. And Superior's like in the the twenty like five or twenty four range. Like they're 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 a little bit. And outside Northern of Michigan Tech. is probably is I think pretty far up there because I think they're only like I think they're like one game behind Michigan Tech right now. Uh, I think so. I don't. I don't know necessarily how many points they have because I know that's a big, big reason how the the rankings go. Yeah. But like, I this is this is funny to me. Like Minnesota State is number three, and then following them, Minnesota Duluth, University of Minnesota. Out of out of the five, out of the and five, right? Out of the five, or out of the top five, I think four of them are out of Minnesota. Yeah. Or the five, top six out of four of them four, are in Minnesota. Four out of six are from Minnesota. And the land, land Isn't of lakes, crazy? Ten, yeah, land of fifty thousand lakes, man. Got ice is it everywhere. Fifty thousand or ten thousand, whatever it is. You know what I mean. They, they got ice everywhere. They I get digress. to practice every day. But that 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 just caught my eye. I was just like, wow, four Minnesota schools, three through six. Yeah, you think that wow. like they'd run out of people from Minnesota to recruit, but yeah, I, I guess not. I think they got plenty. Uh, like I said, plenty of ice to skate on, you know. Um, but <laughs> I mean, it just blows your mind. Like Minnesota State is just such a good team, and a lot of people are kind of just like. Man, uh, how uh, we don't really don't know how great they're ranked number three. They're ahead of three Big Ten schools: Minnesota's five, Wisconsin's seven, Michigan's eight. That's how good of a hockey team Minnesota State is. Like they are a fantastic program, fantastic team, and we not even to mention like Boston University. I mean, it's not Boston College, but like Boston University is still a really solid college hockey team so is like robert morris like they're usually a perennial in the top 22 or in the top 20 as well so like they're playing really solid right now and it's 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 a question to ask how long that's going to last because hopefully i mean especially with wcha and kind of like the lower d1 hockey schools like that's in kind of our our conference and other conferences like that like usually we can't hold a dynasty for that long Mm -hmm. because Sometimes they lose the recruits to like bigger schools who want to kind of have that success of like you know like the Boston colleges or Minnesota Duluth or Minnesota, um, just and like Saint Cloud and stuff like that. But it's really I mean I'm happy to see a WCHA team and a team who we see a lot uh, in the uh, kind of in the talks of being some of the best teams in the nation. But I mean in the WCHA I think they're I think Bowling Green's second and Minnesota State's first. But Minnesota I think has like eight points above. Yeah, Bowling it's, Green because pretty... they're just so far ahead. I think they haven't lost yet in the WCHA. They, yeah, they're eleven and two overall. Actually, they lost to, um, I they tied against Bemidji and they they lost to Tech in game number two of the season at Holton three one, and then they also lost a game to Bemidji. Actually, their last, um, I believe it was their last road game. They lost against, um, Bemidji. And mm-hmm. in Minnesota, who that's another Minnesota team I forgot to mention. Minnesota is a hockey state, I guess. Like that's just that's just Crazy. what it is. But like I mean, they, like Minnesota State, like then they also their their last two games, they won combined nine one against Bowling Green. That's just they just flat out dominated. And I like I got to watch the the Ferris play Bowling Green. Bowling Green is a good team. Like and Minnesota State, just the fact they put up these numbers. Uh, that's a little scary. I mean, we we don't have to play them this weekend. We we have a Luckily, weekend. Luckily, we got we got a week to we can, prepare. We, but we can get we can get some experience in the tech. We can get a little roll going. Then we can then we can take on the Mavericks next weekend. But I mean, it is a little frightening. Yeah, <laughs> they're a good team. They're they're a good team nonetheless, and you got to give them credit. But um, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see. I mean, especially when you got. I mean, when you look at the top twenty as far as these hockey teams, like there's a lot of good teams out there, like Notre Dame beat minnesota i believe twice in their in their in their little series they had on notre dame's ranked 21 technically and they're one they're only like seven points ahead of michigan tech like they're like they beat the number five team currently in the nation i believe minnesota was higher at one point then because i believe they were like they had a hot streak and then they lost a couple and now they're 15 and five but anyway like they were previously number two i believe it was they might have been one even before that but i mean boston college is Boston College is number one, hands down. They're the best team in the country, for mm-hmm. sure. But, I mean, you have all these other teams that are so good, like Wisconsin beat Minnesota, St. Cloud beat North Dakota when they were number one. Like, it's there's like this, there's some great quality hockey in the not only WCHA but in Division One that like it's it's crazy. I mean, like Ferris, we've we've had the the ability to go down and play in the GLI against Te- or State, Michigan, and then Michigan Tech. Tech. Yeah, last year. Yeah, and that like that just shows you like 
we're in their ballpark. Like, we can play with those teams. It's just we've not had the outcome that we've wanted. Yeah. And it's, it's just tough. Yeah, it's just like I, I feel like the cars, at that, at that point, I guess, in the GLI, the cars are stacked against us because, I mean, that season, especially last season, is kind of like the first time that we haven't really had a very solid, not a solid group, I would say, but it's just like we weren't comparatively as good as, like, the other teams. Then we get sauce in there, and it's, like, a little bit tough. But, like, nonetheless, I mean, we're, we can, we've seen this season we can compete with some of those teams, and I think it's just we've been just falling short a little bit because we just can't finish yet. Yeah, maybe maybe we need another alternate uniform. Spice spice things up a little bit. Yeah, you're bit. telling me, dude. We need to get some, like, cool uniforms. I don't know. I don't mind our uniforms. I think they're, they're all right. I like the red ones. They're very simple. They're very I simple. I like the red ones. When you look at other teams, like, um, I, like bowling green to me like theirs are pretty clean but obviously like brown and orange is like michigan eh. techs are very nice techs are Those very are nasty good. techs are very good yeah like the cream colored and they got nonetheless you they, gotta they, look uh, you gotta look them up because they are incredibly nice yeah i don't know just a food for thought try to change them <laughs> up. i don't know <laughs> i don't know yeah, yeah maybe that's just what you gotta do kind a of black top new look uh, all black uniforms blackout uniforms I don't know. those would be sick i know football tried. i don't know how they would do that though yeah football did the the gray alternates on there it's another idea those are all right but, but I, I, nonetheless gray, like, on, gray on the ice kind of seems like it'd be a hit or a miss like yeah, you're gonna you have to hit the perfect have color i don't know yeah i mean like there's some teams that have pulled off black and yeah, blackout uniforms are where it's at just yeah. saying i mean any sport all black like we need the lions midnight it's just very clean back Solid, very clean. But uh, I think now we can hop into college, ba- our D1 college basketball, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really talked about this. I think since last weekend, there was a lot of movement in the top 25. Michigan jumped up. Ohio State's jumped up a lot. Michigan's going to be uh, back in action uh, this weekend, finally. So that's going to be good to see. And, I mean, Illinois, they're starting to kind of come on a hot streak again. They're six. And then a lot of movement as well. I mean, I was kind of dropped a little bit. Creighton's now in the top 25 again. Uh, Loyola Chicago's in the top 25 as Hey-o, well. Ramblers. And then Wisconsin is moving down a little bit. But nonetheless, a lot of movement. Uh, teams are starting to kind of really hit their stride for the t- conference tournaments. We're going to see how that kind of affects the March Madness seating and see how that kind of, if there's going to be teams who are maybe on the cusp of getting in, if they get knocked out in their conference tournament, if that's going to have any effect. But uh, Brandon. What do you think Michigan basketball is going to do this weekend? Oh, this is this is tough because I mean, it's hard to judge a team that's not played a game in over three weeks. It's tough. It's really tough. Uh, we got we got Illinois who's could light it up or sometimes fall flat. So this is really going to be a game where I feel like either we're going to get. I don't want to say we're going to just. It's it's hard to be like bold and say we're gonna come in here we're gonna put the 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 foot on the, the pedal, hammer down and we're just gonna beat them by thirty. I don't think that's going to happen, especially in our first game back in how long. So I think it's gonna be a testament to how well we play defense, especially against Illinois that can put up some. They can put up some points. They've had a couple games where they've gotten to the nineties hundred. So they're they're definitely a team that can light up the scoreboard, but. It's going to be a very interesting. Interesting is really the only adjective that comes to mind because, like, I mean, I don't want to say weird because, I mean, obviously it's not like we've played a game and we haven't played a game in a year. Like, we've played. Like, it's only been a couple weeks, but a it's couple weeks like, is a long the, time. The couple weeks when there's team, like, especially with Illinois right now, they're in the hot streak of, like, basically moving up in the ranks. I mean, they're only, what, two behind us? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a it's a really tough game to come back from, especially when you're been sitting out for, I mean two two weeks in the middle of the season is basically like a whole season off because like yeah you can be practicing or like getting shots up on your own, but not being able to practice as a team while other teams are starting to really find their stride for this conference tournament. It's I'm hopeful that we're gonna get the W, but nonetheless it's gonna be a really tough game to do. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough game Thursday, especially against a. A pretty solid Illinois team that's kind of clawed their way back. They've had their ups and downs, but they've been playing some good basketball. So I'm really hoping we see um, a lot of tempo control. I hope we don't try to outshoot Illinois because we've tended to do that a couple times mm-hmm. with these teams is try to outshoot teams. And usually that goes even back to the B-line, the B-line teams where sometimes we just, frankly, don't outshoot yeah, teams. Yeah, just hard. put as many shots as possible and none of them go in. You can't yeah. really do anything. It's hard, to, it's hard to outshoot teams when the ball's not going in the hole. Like, yeah. That's a, that's a tough thing to do. And, I mean, that goes kind of back to basic basketball. If you can't put the hole, put the ball in the hole more than the other team, that's an L, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, at, the, it's at its most simplest yeah. form. But like if, that's you, basic, if you make yeah. them from farther away, though, they do count as more points. So, yeah, I, I so mean, I, mean, I can understand that. You got to kind of, yeah, you got to basically kind of 
do what you got to do. But nonetheless, um, Rutgers is facing off against Iowa. This is great another, analysis. <laughs> another Big Ten uh, matchup. Rutgers is actually 25 right now. I think that makes seven teams Ooh, in the top 25 seven, for the yes. Big Ten. Uh, that's going to be a good game. Iowa, they've been, I mean, I want to say struggling, but they haven't been playing as good as the start of the season. Um now they're going up against Rutgers. Rutgers is no slouch of a team either, so it's definitely going to be, I think, Luca Garza versus Rutgers, and then kind of see what uh, I was able to fill in behind him. Um, and that's today. That's tonight at seven thirty-six. Yeah, uh, it's going to be. Oh, it's going to be hard for Rutgers, because um, I mean, obviously, it's going to be depending on how Miles Johnson tries to to take on Luca Garza, because. I mean, Luca Garz is one of the best players in college basketball right now. 25 points per game. He's shooting 58% from the field. And he can hit the three ball, too, which makes it even more difficult. But you, you can't count Rutgers out. They've played some very good basketball. They've been very controlled. Mm-hmm. They've, been able to, they've been able to play some good defense. They, they're not necessarily the team. Like, you look at Iowa. They score 87 tonight uh-huh. on average. Rutgers scores 72. So and but I mean you look at defensively like Rutgers is a, a a very scrappy team they're gonna they're gonna beat you with fundamentals they're gonna strip the ball from you they're gonna block you and they're gonna try to make points out of it and they they've definitely been on a kind of a it kind of seems like they've always been a team that has a lot of like a, a lot of I wouldn't necessarily they have a lot of fundamental success but sometimes like there's times where they haven't had enough talent to really outplay teams like yeah. they they've had like Ron Harper Jr is a great player but if you compare him to the backcourt and the going up against as far as statistically against Luca Garza you're going to put money on Garza every single time but there th- there's a really good chance that I mean I'm not I wouldn't say Rutgers is going to be like the hands down favor. I mean, frankly, you look at the matchup predictor, they have a 15% chance to win. That's just how good of a team Iowa is. Really, it's how Iowa is going to play this game that's going to really determine the factor because I think Rutgers mm-hmm. is going to play a pretty decent game. I mean, unless they get shut down or, what, or on defense or whatever. But Iowa's been like the team where they have the talent, the fundamentals to beat anybody in the country. We've seen that. They were ranked three at one point, uh-huh. they gave Gonzaga a run. Like, they're a good team. But there's like games where like they've lost their last two that have should have been winnable games. Like they they've had games that they've just flat out dropped. I'm not they're not Kansas esque, which by the way, where's Kansas? Not in the top twenty five. <laughs> but there there's games where they've and they've just frankly not got the job done. I mean, they lost last against Trace Jackson Davis in Indiana. Um, Ohio State is an exception because I mean now Ohio they're actually number four. So. Yeah, number four now. But it was a four point game. Like they still had it, and like they've 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 lost four of their last five. Like Iowa was eleven or eleven and two at one point in the season. Now they're thirteen and six, seven and five in the conference, which actually puts them I think third or fourth in the conference. But it's a game where. Like Ruck and Rutgers also has the momentum. Like they've won four straight. They beat Indiana, Michigan State, Northwestern, Minnesota, which obviously is not the same caliber. It's taken on in like Illinois and Ohio State, but still, like they they're on a win streak. They got their confidence. So it'll be interesting. I think this is going to be really heavily upon how well Iowa plays because if they can't they can't score the ball, um, their defense is not going to be. Mm-hmm. shut down where they're going to help themselves out a little bit like they they rely on their offense a little bit more than other teams do so it'll really be interesting to see how their offense plays yeah but, definitely but um a game thursday um that's kind of notable uh purdue against minnesota that's gonna be at minnesota i'll call it right now i think it's upset for minnesota uh i, I minnesota is just deadly at their own at their own floor yeah i mean we've seen that when michigan went there we've seen that they beat iowa there too so mm-hmm. i don't think purdue has what it takes because they're not in the same caliber at the moment as like michigan or iowa or like ohio state or anything like that and i think minnesota they're like just on the cusp of being out of the top 25 aren't they they're probably in like the top 30 right now pretty close it's not top it's 30, not gonna 25. be a, it's not gonna be a big upset I would say it's yeah. more going to be like it would just the, be like a it would just be like oh hey like a ranked team lost to an unranked team right now and yeah it would be like okay which kind oh. of is the definition of an upset but it's yeah. not a drastic one yeah by by no means whatsoever it's not yeah but yeah I mean they, like, I, you said it right it's it's an upset but it's also not an upset at the same yeah. time yeah I mean this this is frankly Minnesota is twelve and one at home this season and they're 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 fantastic at home they're made way more efficient score more play better defense they're just they're just better on your home floor like it's mm-hmm. home to them like they, that's where they practice every day and that's where they get the job done on game day but i mean it's funny because like they're five and seven in the conference Purdue's eight and five in the conference but 
like there Purdue's been a team that's kind of been a little shaky too. And I don't mean like they they've played good games. Like they beat Ohio State, but then and then they played us. And then they beat Minnesota last time at Purdue. I think it's revenge time. Minnesota's been on a little bit of a, a struggle in one of those games. Like they really after they beat us on or they beat Michigan at home. They, they kind of went on a little bit of a cold spell, losing three straight, and then they just meet Nebraska. Um, to me, it's like Purdue's kind of been a little bit inconsistent, lost to Maryland, barely got out of Northwestern. This on paper looks like this should be a bounce-back game for Minnesota, so I'll take it, but it, it's still going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to see a lot of good games. I mean, if if Minnesota can score the basketball, if Carr can get it going from outside, like they can be able to have a pretty good chance, but... It, like Purdue's not necessarily like the team that we've been accustomed to seeing. It seems like I'm not like they they play pretty similar. Like there's not like like one not too many dra- yeah not too many drastic differences that we see. Yeah, like it's not like they they still have like quality players. I mean like Tra- Trayvon Williams has been their guy. He's pretty much down low. has been on lockdown for him, so he's gonna have to see how he plays against uh, Liam Robbins, but. I think it's going to be a pretty like the, what I'm trying to say is like they don't have the Edwards brothers. They don't no. have the dynamic scoring. They get it more done down low and on the perimeter defensively. So I think that's going to be a key factor is how well they play defense because Minnesota is going to throw the wrench at them at home. They're gonna they're gonna light it up pretty quick. So yeah, they can or they should can. I said they should I won't be like no Shadamas to say <laughs> this is exactly what's going to happen and this is exactly how it's going to happen. No, I'm not going to say that. But no. theoretically, if you look at it. The, the way that this game should line up, it's going to be Minnesota's going to punch them in the mouth early, especially at home, and then they're going to claw and see if Purdue can claw their way back defensively. Mm-hmm. So that's really going to see what determines the game right there. Yeah, it's definitely the odds I feel like are stacked in Minnesota's favor, but a couple other games throughout this uh, next five-day stretch from uh, on Saturday, uh, Oklahoma versus West Virginia, two like middle-of-the-pack uh, top 25 teams, 12 and 14. They're going to be facing off against each other. I'm very much looking forward to that Ooh. because... Uh, you know, I mean, Oklahoma, you don't usually see at the top in the top 25. And they're kind of starting to, and especially with West Virginia as well. Especially after these two. Trey Young left. Yeah, they've been yeah. a little bit on the downslide. Yeah, these teams are kind of really starting to kind of turn around the program and start to really uh, make a name for themselves this year. And hopefully next year in the couple years. Uh, Loyola Chicago is going to be playing Drake. They, like I said, they uh, clawed their way in the top 25. Last time we've seen them uh, kind of in like the spotlight really was when they were in the what did they go to this final four the they sweet went to 16 the final four and we final four of the march madness with yeah. sister jean a couple years ago sister jean yeah they got it they were they were on a roll they were beating everybody yeah they, they could pow, pow, they pow, really could everybody who they out? lose to they lose to us michigan michigan well my bad <laughs> that, no that was actually a perfect yeah. game because i would have been like you know what? Then we got, oh yeah because then we went to go play villanova in the final four didn't we yeah in the finals right yep and then we just flat out just didn't play well no Dante yeah. DiVincenzo just for some reason just oh, played yeah. insane. That, that game right there boosted no. his draft stock like he didn't even get drafted. He just like free I remember it's kind of off topic, but I remember well, they like were, they were talking the, like he was going to get drafted yeah. after that game. I'm like it's one it's game. A, it's, like, it's one like, game. Like yeah, he went he, he went crazy, net. but it's like if you look at the rest of his season, there's really, always no, a, I mean there's he's always the, a championship hero yeah. like Trey Burke. There's always yeah. a championship hero. I mean they're in the he's in the NBA now, so I mean we can't really say much, but like. Like when right. but did, like you, did you see the, be like, did you oh, see yeah. the picture of him like a week before he got uh signed to the Bucks for like four million? He like was at like I think it was like Applebee's or something, and he showed he like they took a picture of his bank account it was like ten cents in there, and then like on ESPN they showed they like shared the picture and they're like now he's getting now he's signing for like four million guaranteed. Yeah, and it's like my, wouldn't that be crazy? Just like overnight have like millions of dollars in your bank account after okay. just having nothing. You want this million dollar contract? Uh. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. I would love it. I mean, I don't have that much money, so I'll take it. But no, it's 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 cool to see those heroes, especially getting mm-hmm. an opportunity on that playing well in those big games. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, we talk like they were supposed to play Baylor, and that game got postponed, and it's kind of rough now because like I know you, Joe, you want to see Baylor beat these ranked teams so they can get to number one. Yeah, they deserve number one way more than Gonzaga. I feel like. Cause they Gonzaga's just been playing. I mean, they play San Gonzaga plays San Francisco this weekend. San Fran, that 49ers? That's the wrong sport, dude. But <laughs> I just don't understand why. Like they're number one. Like yeah, they're they've proved it. Cause they beat Iowa. But it's like when you've they might be able to be a number one team, 
But right now, their record, or I mean, not the record, but who they've played so far just doesn't really add up to be a number one team. Baylor, on the other hand, they've beat, I feel like, a lot. Not, not I feel like. I know they've beat a lot more ranked teams. They have a be- much just higher that, strength of schedule. It's just yeah. that they haven't, they don't have as many wins as Gonzaga. And I think that's only by, like, what, one or two wins? I think, because Gonzaga, or Baylor has one loss, right? No. No losses? 17-0. Even a better reason why they should be number one. But Gonzaga, <laughs> for some reason, is just... Uh, the AV poll just loves them for some reason. But nonetheless, I mean, and Gonzaga's going to win. Gonzaga's so. consistency is really hard to bypass in the ranking yeah, system because they've been so good for so long. and they there's. But come tournament time, they're just going to be not great because that's usually what Gonzaga does. I think well, they're gonna, they haven't really had a... They're going to play well, and then they're going to run out of steam at some point. Yeah. That, well, that's, that's what I'm what's saying. Like they, the last every, years. every single time they're in the tournament, they're like, oh, like they'll go to like the, the Sweet 16, but then they'll probably lose because that's when they actually meet like a... Like a top twenty, like top fifteen, top ten team is sure. when they hit the top, when they hit the Sweet Sixteen because yeah. they've been able to play. Like they've been able to play like some ranked teams, but it's not like they're like insane. And then it's sure. like yeah, tournament you, time comes. That's when they their true colors. I feel like show, and I think that's when they start to run out of steam a little bit. Yeah, they they they're always such an efficient team. Like there's always going to be one team that throws the wrench, and then they always they always kind of kind of fall fall flat to that. But I mean, there's plenty of other teams behind them that can really punch up and make a run towards their their position not necessarily saying they're going to take over the one spot but there's like a couple tough teams that they could run into in the tournament like we watched the the west virginia texas tech game that, that those two teams are very good i mean west virginia just flat out just scored so so efficiently like sean mcneil was fantastic at 26 points and like being able to see these 14 seed 17 seven seed then you got Alabama at 11 that's doing good things. Texas, of course, was in the top five until they lost, um, I think, to Baylor. And then they kind of fell down a little bit to 13. But there's still good teams out there that can give these top teams a run for their money. And, I mean, we shouldn't. It's just it's just a shame we couldn't see that Baylor-Gonzaga matchup because that for sure would have shown us which yeah, team's which better. Yeah, which team was really better. But uh, Nova and Creighton are going to be taking off uh, on Saturday. That's going to be a pretty good game because Creighton is really starting to hit their stride. Sleeper. And then Nova is number five right You're now. Here first. And uh, I think they only have like two, two losses or something like that. They're definitely going to be a tough team to beat. But Creighton, I mean, they can really throw a wrench in there. They can really surprise a lot of people. And I feel yeah. like this is going to be – uh, upset alert for our people are going to be on upset alert for this one because I feel like Nova might if Nova comes in expecting that they're going to win the game or if they kind of expect that they're going to be able to run the table a little bit I think Creighton's going to surprise them yeah and this is the funny thing about Creighton like they're when whoever they play the other team's on upset alert and then you look at whoever plays them unranked now Creighton's on upset alert they're yeah. just that, they're just that team that I feel like be- they play up to the competition but they can't consistently play like that yeah that that one's just kind of weird like i mean like creighton's a great team like they're 15 and 5 i mean villanova's by far the better team out of the two i think it's like a 60 percent chance that they win oh it actually went in creighton's favor now over the last couple of days it actually switched like creighton's now the favorite in this game crazy i mean villanova does have like the they did have that little like stint where they weren't playing playing consistent games like they had a seven day break but they're back now like they yeah they beat Seton Hall and Georgetown already like they're back in it but I mean Creighton being able to I mean the they only had one little little bump in the road against Georgetown but other than that they then they came back and they beat Georgetown at their place pretty pretty handily on the defensive end so they're they're a sneaky team they can they can play some really good basketball they're 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 always a team tournament time you're going to see them in the bracket somewhere or on the outside looking in for sure at the very least but I mean, they're they're a good team, and I mean, when you talk about Big East Conference now, you're talking like Creighton and Nova, one and two in that top. They're, these two teams are fighting for that Big East title, and they're they're always going to be near the top. I mean, you can throw. Sometimes you have Marquette that's on, on on hot streak. Sometimes you got Georgetown, then you got Xavier too, and then you always got these sneaky teams that play upset like Seton Hall mm-hmm. and St. John's. So it's a good conference, and it's really going to be interesting to see yeah. how this game plays out, especially. On a five o'clock game on yeah. Saturday. Why? Um, <laughs> Prime time. Make it seven thirty. Come on now. Come on now. Come one on, thing. On, one son. thing that's caught my eye, especially kind of on these Saturday games, is UNC versus Virginia. Just seeing how UNC isn't ranked and nope. reminding me that Kentucky isn't ranked and, and Duke, Duke isn't is, ranked. And Duke has a losing. Duke has record. a losing record. It's a new era. 
I think you put on our story. I think it was it first time since like 1995 Some, that they have a losing record. Yeah, yeah. It's on our story. Uh, it's on our story for fact check, but it's it's been a minute since. Ain't that insane? That yeah, they've always been successful. I mean, North Carolina. Um, I mean, they got a they got Virginia. They're I mean, they're not North Carolina's not a terrible team. They're nowhere near what we've seen previous North Carolina teams have been in the past. Like they're yeah. 12 and six. They're not even in the top half, of, or they're. In, I think they're near the top half. Duke's not in the top half of the ACC. Like the ACC is just kind of taking a little bit of a plummet, a mm-hmm. little bit this year. I mean, you got Virginia Tech and Virginia that are kind of holding the ground there, but and and then you got some other teams that are like decent. Like I mean, then you've th- thrown Florida State, and then you got other teams that sometimes kind of make little little runs here and there. Like you throw in Wake Forest or. Or all, all, some of these other teams too, but and then um, I'm literally blanking on one team that was just in my head that always plays spoiler. I'm gonna I'm gonna Chicago. Um, in the ACC, I meant oh, ACC. That, that's definitely a team that that's where I put all my money on. But that's, <laughs> that's not not who I was thinking yeah. of. But um, it, it's definitely like we're we're used to seeing like it's usually oh we're gonna see Duke, we're gonna see North Carolina, we're gonna see Louisville. And then you, you don't necessarily see Virginia, Virginia Tech, Florida State. Um, I, uh, yeah, Syracuse is down there a little bit. <sighs> yeah. Oh, Notre Dame is one team that I've noticed that there's five. They're eight and ten, but I mean they just came off a win against Duke, and I, I've seen them play. They play pretty good some nights. Like they they can light it up some nights. I mean Notre Dame's a team kind of down there, and NC State they've played spoiler plenty of times in the past couple of years. Like Notre Dame has. Like, they started off pretty slow. I mean, they lost the opener against Michigan State, lost against Ohio State, lost to Duke. Like, they've had some struggling games. But, like, if you look at every game they've lost, like, they lost, so they, like I mentioned, Michigan at Michigan State, against Ohio State, against Duke, or against Duke, against Purdue, who's a better team now, um, North Carolina in a barn burner, Virginia, at Virginia Tech, again at Virginia, Against Virginia Tech, and then they just dropped one against at Georgia Tech. Like they're and they've beat other like they beat at they won at Duke. Like they've been able to win and play with competition. They've just frankly just not gotten the job done down the stretch, and that's been a reason they're eight and ten. But they're what I'm saying is they're better than eight and ten eight and ten team. So yeah. if they make a run in the ACC tournament. Don't be surprised because they can play with some of the better teams. Yeah, they've actually been pretty solid. But I'm taking a look right now. Uh, I'm on March Madness Instagram. Uh, they have the Andy Katz 2021 bracket prediction, which basically just set in stone because uh, what well, he he basically makes up the yeah, whole bracket. Gonna, There's going to be some changes a little bit, but some it's kind be of Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan. Is it going to? Are they going to uh, put Ohio State? They have. O- he has Ohio State as number one, and uh, then Nova's number two in that bracket situation. I think situation. Nova's going to take number I, one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think they're probably going to take it over, but uh, especially with one, the win against Creighton. Yeah. One thing I'm kind of worried about, not worried about, but a little thing is Michigan is going to be taking on UMBC um, in the first no, round. And please. if you remember, no, uh, a couple no, years ago, no, UMBC no. became the first ever 16 oh, no. seed to upset a number one in the first round with Virginia. But Virginia also came back and won the national championship the year later. So if we do lose this year in the first round, I think what it means is we're going to be national championships, national champions next year. I guess that is a good way to think about it. So if it. we lose, we're going to be national champions. But if we win, national championships. So it's a one-win. But um, <laughs> I like the way you think. <laughs> some other like pretty interesting uh, matchups that I'm going to be that I'm seeing right now is uh, Oklahoma State is going to be taking on Loyola Chicago in the first round, which is going to be pretty solid because Loyola Cunningham Chicago against the Magic of the Ramblers. Mm-hmm. Oh dear, Oklahoma State's been doing pretty well. Uh, UNC is going to be taking on Minnesota, which is going to be pretty interesting. Oh yeah, I'm I don't mu- I don't like Minnesota's chances at a neutral site. Yeah, they're probably going to be a little bit less of. I mean, they're zero and six on the road this year. That yeah. that just shows you they're they're not but, as good. I mean, of a we'll team. see if they can kind of channel that uh, that yeah. Minnesota magic when they are on the road. Minnesota but. magic. <laughs> um, West Virginia is going to be playing US UCSB, which I mean is all right. I mean, I that's I California and Santa Barbara, right? Yeah. Okay. Which I'm I'm surprised because I haven't really seen them in the uh, yeah, in this tournament they, too much. They're gonna they're probably going to be. Uh, Probably going to be out of the the division championship. What are what? Are, I don't even know what division they're in. Are they in like the? I. I think they're in like the. I don't. It's it's not the the. 
I forget what it it's is. It's like there's that, something Coast League. Yeah, it's one where they have like 15 different California Coast teams in it. I literally, yeah. it's probably has Coast in the name or whatever. I'll look that up when you keep while you keep going. Either way, gonna be a good game. Um, trying to just find some other good games that I might be seeing here. Um, the West doesn't really look too interesting at all. I mean, the biggest game that we're probably gonna see out of like the first round is like Wisconsin versus like St. John's, if that makes it, like if that. Really, it's going to wet your whistle at all. But um, Texas is going to be taking on Liberty. Liberty has been doing pretty solid in their conference. And then Liberty. Texas right now is playing, obviously, very well. They're ranked Liberty. right now. So um, in Michigan's bracket, though, we got to take on Virginia if it gets to that point when we get to the Elite Eight. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Consistent. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, which is which will be pretty Still, though, solid it's, for it's us. Virginia, they can shut you down defensively any night. Yeah, um, Creighton is going to be taking on Oregon in the first round. That's going to be a Oregon. solid matchup. Oh, okay. Um, I like the way this shakes out, even though this is not going to be how it turns out when it's yeah, March. Yeah, like right, I mean, right now it's just like the predictions, but I mean, nonetheless, it's kind of other than like the conference tournament. That's going to be kind of when actually stuff kind of starts to switch around a little bit. I think these are the teams that are going to be in it. Right now is what we see. I don't really think there's going to be too much change. Maybe like a like maybe a team or two or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like we're going to probably see like the seedings and like the matchups change once conference tournaments become over. Because I mean, Big Ten tournament uh, with seven ranked teams in that conference, you're definitely going to see some some pretty crazy outcomes, especially with that tournament. And then I mean, you have what is it, the Big Twelve, which has six uh, teams. That's going to shake up a little bit of what's going to happen. Gonzaga's still going to probably stay number one because they're going to win their conference. No, nonetheless, because I mean, Gonzaga just plays in a really easy conference. But yeah, it was the the Big West conference is the one I was trying to think. Big of. West. How so did I forget that? Yeah. So there's California, Irvine, Santa Barbara, River Riverside, Davis, San Diego. Then you have Cal Poly, Cal State Northridge, Cal State Fullerton, Long Beach State, and then Cal State Bakersfield, and then Hawaii. I take so, back what I said. That's probably the greatest conference I've ever heard. Dude, like, that's, that's probably like, the most competitive conference for basketball I've ever seen. It's just like, well, I don't know about. It's competitive, but I, like it's ten, ten to six to four to five. I if you, there was a conference that was like hands down, like, like eight to like. Okay, so the one underneath of it, looking on ESPN.com, Northeastern's eight and six, leading the conference by a percentage, like they're seven and one in percentage, but they're eight and six overall. Then you got James Madison underneath them at eleven and five, but then it goes down, and then it's like Drexel is eight and seven, and they're like second to last or third to fourth to last. Like that's a pretty consistent conference. I'd love to see a conference that's like every single team is like seven and seven. That, that just just so be, even. That'd be just so nuts. <laughs> like that would be absolutely wild. But it'll be interesting to see how it turns out um, when, we, especially, we got a month left to shake it out before March Madness. But. Mm-hmm. Um, re- to finish out the show, uh, we'll talk a little bit of NBA. Notably, the Pistons have made a departure. Derrick Rose has officially moved on from Detroit. Sad face. Playing the world's smallest violin right now. Yeah, it's sad. But, I mean, you gotta... It stinks, but, I mean, not the worst. Yeah. If you know. I I like... I, I, I don't love the trade. I don't love it because we got a second round pick in Dennis Smith Jr., and Dennis Smith Jr. is not necessarily, like, a fantastic player. I mean, he was great when he played for the Mavericks. Like, he was fantastic. He was a stud. And then he came to New York, and he couldn't find his fit. And it was just kind of weird. Then he asked to go down to the G League. G League. And then, <laughs> ironically, he's like, oh, you you guess you want a spot to... Ah, here, we'll send you to Detroit. We'll get D. Rose in exchange. So, But yeah, especially positive since coming out of... What were you going to say? No, you can go first. Oh, I was going to say, one positive does come out of this. We've seen this before, and it's worked. We got Josh Jackson for virtually nothing. We just signed him kind of off the street, basically, to bring him home to to Michigan and play basketball again and get a refresh. And look where he's at. He's playing fantastic. So that could be just that might just be what DSJ needs. He just might need a change of scenery. Mm -hmm. And we also get a second round pick, so we filled that spot. So hey, not a terrible trade. It's not the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. But, I mean, one thing is D-Rose was playing basically had the same stats as his MVP season, and he was playing solid. It's just he didn't have, like, the same electric, like, 
Yeah, he's I guess effect he's, on the game. He's never like he's been, been that playing. electric, athletic. Yeah. Ever since ever since his yeah. MVP season, ever since like he basically destroyed his knee or whatever it was that mm-hmm. he injured that like set him out for I've kind of basically made him take a slowdown in his career. Like he's been playing very solid. It's just like I feel like we could have got more from him on it more from them, honestly. Just like trying to get on a, someone else or maybe a first rounder or something because Derrick Rose like I feel like is way more valuable than a second rounder yeah he I think he yeah, yeah I think it would if we would have said DSJ in a first okay that's fine I think that's what, acceptable I think the idea was that the Knicks are saying you want a first round pick for past prime D Rose that's not going to happen. Yeah. Because but then you can make the argument that he still like has the same stats and he still oh, yeah. has he's, the same he's still stuff, got some juice. Which I feel like we could we could have done. It's just I feel like they've just our front office just didn't want to put in the work. Ye- yeah, but I I that's a tough thing. I mean Troy Weaver's been a guy that's been make they he made some great yeah, he's moves. He's made really good moves. And then there's been some okay. I I like I I see where you're going. I don't love it, but I mean, you never yeah. know. DSJ some might be his, an all-star next year. Yeah. Whoa. Some of his moves are like, oh, yeah, that'll probably be like instantaneous. Yeah. So like that makes sense. But then some of them are just like, okay, time will tell. Like yeah. We can't the, really yeah, say the, anything the yet. The thing behind this is like now, so that basically means Delon is going to start at point guard until Killian comes back. And he probably will start through Killian because I feel like we tried to push Killian out too fast. So we might put him in a secondary role, which would be great if we could play him with Seku. Like we got the French connection, put it, put it together. Gosh darn it! Do something with it. We need to do something with. Yes, thank you. Like we need to put that chemistry together. But they haven't been on the floor long enough. I don't know what. I don't know what Dwayne Casey has against Seku. I don't know what it is, but he hasn't been playing as much. And I don't understand why. But regardless of that fact, DSJ is still going to have to make his way up the ladder because Josh Jackson playing fantastic. Um, unless he decides that he wants to, yeah, I'm going to play behind Jeremy Grant and take some of my minutes away. No, that's not going to happen. Um, also, I think now with the Rose move, I think that might mean that we're ready to pull the trigger on Blake at All-Star break because now that – Yeah. Because I think theoretically – I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying now that we've made this move this early in the season – that it is going, it, there is a complete possibility that will happen now, which I think every Pistons fan is hoping for. Um, I'm no, I'm personally on the, I'm the, on the train that I think Blake needs to get. On, I don't, I love Blake in Detroit, and I love what he's done, but Blake's just not the same player he yeah. used to be. And he I doesn't think, even have a dunk yet this season, or last season he didn't have one, didn't he? He's he's not been the explosive guy that's jumping over Kia's anymore. But yeah, also, why do you jump over Kia? Because it's a hard top. Jump over a Lambo. Get this exciting, but like, that was says, a, that was the exciting part though because Lambos can be so exotic. Lambos could be convertible. Star break. Lambos could be convertible. Size sedan. I think it was also sponsored by Kia, but nonetheless, no, it was, like, yeah. I was, like I, I mean, doing what did he do between the legs over a hard top car? Like, that's pretty it neat. wasn't between the legs, but it was over a hard top car. Well, I mean, nonetheless, nonetheless, that's impressive. Now, if he would have jumped over a Ferrari, would you remember that more? Than a Kia. I mean, I still just I still remember that he jumped over a hardtop car. I feel like it doesn't even matter that's a Kia. I'm just saying, more electric car would have made a bigger memory. But regardless, regardless, I think with DSJ, the point I was trying to make five minutes ago before I got sidetracked, he's going to have to make his way up the ladder because he's still got Delon Wright, he's still got Wayne Ellington, he's still got Josh Jackson, he's still got Sadiq Bay and Saban Lee. He's going to have to compete with in the backcourt. So and Killian when he comes back too. So there's going to be, this is really. I think it was more for the pick, but I'm not opposed. Like Saban hasn't been terrible. I mean, it's it's hard to ask. Yeah, can we our second round pick just play like 40 minutes to really see what he's really made of? But off the bench, he hasn't been terrible. He's put no. together some good nights. So. I mean, when you look at it that way, you're like, oh, well, it's, it's worth... So we're basically trading Rose for a guy like Saban Lee and DSJ. That's a terrible trade. But in reality is we could pick somebody else or we could package a second-round pick with a player like Blake, get a first-round pick, and then somebody else. Just an idea. But going through kind of what the, the conference looks like, 76ers at the top, Bucks right behind them, no surprise. Brooklyn Nets starting to claw their way back a little bit after their kind of sluggish start. Uh, him and I think really with James Harden being as efficient of a passer and giving up his touches, 
makes that team so much better. And I know they, they're on a three-game losing streak, but you can just tell this team is better with James Harden on it. Uh, Boston, Indiana, and Charlotte right now in the top six. Charlotte's making a little bit of noise right now. Lamelo. I mean, Lamelo's just been playing solid. Yeah, Melo and Bridges, man. Melo and Miles. Those guys are having a great time on the floor together. Uh, the Hawks and the Toronto Raptors wrapping up seven and eight. Then you got the New York Knicks at nine and Miami Heat at ten. Then you got the dumpster fire of basically the rest of the Central Division. And then you got Orlando and Washington as well. So And then you got us at the bottom. We didn't have to mention that, but okay. I, mean, uh, I was just going to mention <laughs> I mean, anyways. Washington 6-15, and 15, are they going to consider shopping Bradley Beal? I can't I imagine. If they do, I feel like they just don't have any... I mean, if Bradley Beal wants to go, I don't think he wants to go, but if they do, I just feel like, wow, like you're going to do that to a guy that like has been with your with been with your organization for so long? It'll be tough. It'll be tough. But, I mean, there, there was one team that was brought to my attention. I'm um, listening to Jalen and Jacoby uh, the other day. What if he went to the Denver Nuggets? Pair him with Jamal, with the Joker. You got all the perimeter space in the world. So basically, you're going to upgrade Bradley Beal. You're going to have a much better dynamic scorer. You're going to lose a little bit of defense over Gary Harris, who's more of a defensive-minded guy. But, I mean, they're seventh right now at 12-11. Denver is. They're one. They're actually one, like, barely squeaking ahead of Golden State at eight. Like, those two teams right there could make a big run. Like, we got... San Antonio at 6, Portland 5, Phoenix 4, L.A. Clippers, L.A. Lakers, then Utah Jazz, who have been playing phenomenal basketball. They're 9-1 yeah, and, 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 and in their last 10, 5 straight wins. They're fantastic. They're really peaking at the right time. Um, but then you got Memphis, Houston, Dallas, OKC, Minnesota. Did you just hear Dallas at 13? That did that yeah you did hear Dallas at thirteen like what is going on with them like they they I don't know what's going on with them Luca KP I don't know what's going on there maybe they need DSJ back maybe they'll take him back for a pick I don't know I'm maybe. just throwing out ideas but anyway yeah that's surprising especially since last year they were playing a little bit better but they're kind of just falling off a little bit yeah I mean the fact is like a, a Sacramento Kings team with virtually just some talent is taking over a team with like or a team with less talent is taking over Dallas who has in the a, standings, a big two right now who has two of the most talented players in basketball yeah, well, yeah. I say one of the most talented and then Kristaps Kristapsen is like his own league he's not necessarily like great yeah. but he's not terrible yeah he's he's just there <laughs> he's okay he was better he was better with the Knicks but he was also getting more volume with the Knicks so that's kind of fair. I mean, they have won two of their last. Uh, they won la- two of their last two. They have a two-game win streak. So I mean, you could say that it could happen. I don't know. Yeah, they could turn around, but it'll, I mean, time yeah. will tell. As I always. mean, hey, if Phoenix starts playing more overtime games, they're going to start looking more five hundred because they can't get it done in overtime. They're over three. So hey, that you play three more overtime games. Now they're fourteen and twelve. You get Dallas three more wins. Hey, you're fourteen and fourteen and two games out. Of number four seed. Just saying. Good I- good idea. But anyway, guys, that's going to be the show today. Thanks for tuning in on this lovely February 10th or whenever you're listening. Don't forget to follow us on the MBSP at Twitter and Instagram. Joe, any final thoughts? I'm all set. Okay. Good show. Take care, everybody.